three, two, one. Welcome to Circuit and Gear, podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody. I'm Christian. I'm Harry. And I'm Mike. Welcome to Machine. So Christian, I hear there's been a lot of new spike mark development on the UI front. Yeah, there's some uh, really, really uh, exciting stuff coming coming soon TM. The uh, <laughs> It has been, I don't know, a standing feature request for a decade now, maybe. Oh my if God, that's it's got to be one of the most hotly requested. Yeah, yeah, I and think so. what is that feature? And that feature is we are introducing dark mode. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. So no longer will you have to be sitting backstage with the blinding white light of Spike Mark. No more fiddling with your brightness settings. Yeah. To not mm-hmm. get notes. Yes. <laughs> Turning on the like Microsoft like night mode, which makes everything yellow and yeah. you can't tell any of the colors. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and also speaking of colors there is we're also introducing uh, some accessibility features. So you'll be able to change, uh, we'll have a couple different settings um, that will change the status colors of like the cues, the faulted and the okay colors. So it's no longer red and green. Mm-hmm. So everybody should be able to see the difference now and it's not just a screen of gray. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, I think we got the three different, um, yeah, there's flavors of that. Like doodle, ah, man. Yeah. Before we started. <laughs> That's They're going to be in it. That's why I if didn't you have pretend. one of them, yeah. you'll be covered. Yeah, the, the three different types of colorblind, yeah. right? The, and they're fancy yeah. words for it. Yeah, I guess I could open that. I have it on my the debug version on my computer. But uh. well, that's the other thing. It's like I could look at the words. I don't know that I could pronounce them. They. Uh, did you find them, Harry? Yeah. Deuteronapia? Nopia? I always want to say like Deuteronapia. Mono, monochromacy and congenital red-green blindness? Or Oh, no, you're looking... Oh, I'm looking at the wrong screen. Tretinopia, protonopia, probably. Does so, that sound right? Yeah. I'm just going to open the file right now. Okay. <laughs> Deuteronopia, protonopia, and tritonopia are the ones, the three that we've got in, which I think is like red-green, blue, yellow, and and then I, I forget the third. Yeah. Um, You'll be able to hit spike mark options, open up and select dark, darker light, and then also the accessibility modes. Yeah. Um, so if you're, we've had several folks, I'm slightly red, green colorblind. So uh, it, spike mark has not given me any trouble, but some folks um, have have expressed that it, it can be a little tricky on yeah red and green uh, specifically. Yeah, especially like all the new showstopper, like node e-stop stuff. It's, it's literally red or green or gray. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it can get tricky, and then just yeah. you know, a loaded queue is red. Right. So now you'll be able right. to change that. <laughs> well, soon you'll be able to change that. Soon, soon TM. Yeah, I mean, I think we we currently it's still all in production. I don't think we have a uh, an exact target uh, ship date, but it's it certainly we have yeah. versions of it running on our machines that we're you know working through Actively all the kinks working and, through. Yeah, because yeah. as it turns out. There's so much UI in SpikeMark now, so many, so many different things that uh, just working our way through, changing all of them. 
Right. Yeah. Like we keep bumping into new little things of like, oh, at some point we did this kind of little window for the, yeah. n- you know, yeah. the new movement editor. And it weirdly has no borders. And then over here we have this other thing that looks very similar, but it does have border. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, yeah. All of the little tiny notes and making sure that uh, even when you're in dark mode, you don't open up some random window and then just get blasted by white light. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think is. Yeah. Also part of it. Yeah. But then, uh, but then also worked in with that too is also just fixing some of the um, weird inconsistencies in the UI that we introduced in Spike Mark Five when we were first developing it. We've now lived with it for a little bit, and we now know some of the things we would like to uh, improve in it. So it's going to be a big one for the for the UI for the visuals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to do some stuff with like collapsing some vertical heights i think right now especially a challenge with the new queue list is um just Mm -hmm. how many rows of queues you can get on the screen at once especially on smaller monitors Mm -hmm. lower res monitors that can be really tough so we're trying to like suck up some of any of that vertical real estate as much as we can so that we can just um there's some longer term plans that yeah. are, you know, we haven't totally enacted, but some of the like low hanging fruit we're trying to hit just to make yeah, life some of a little simple, easier like, for everybody. Double and triple border things or the floating spaces mm-hmm. or, you know, the simple things that are quick hits to be able to fix. And then, uh, and then hopefully it's, you know what it is going forward. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. also improving things like the, the stage hand list and the queue editor, right? And so that it mm-hmm. looks more uniform and, easier to identify right. the things and yeah yeah some of that stuff will make difference between like a group and a single motor and then the way that that also shakes out inside the inside a queue as well like little cleanups there just to make stuff look a little more clear yeah um at the moment at the top of all there's a row taken up in every stage in every queue that says says like stagehand movements and then you only have one stagehand movement and then <laughs> yeah you're like I would like to buy that <laughs> buy that space those back. twelve <laughs> pixels back, please. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna shrink up some of those things. Um, yeah, it's been a long push too. So I think he's been working on it for about a month now. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and it's so, getting pretty close. And yeah, so this will probably be the first feature release of the, uh, or I guess not our not the first, but like the next actual feature feature release that we do will probably include. Uh, include this ui updates and then you can bleep this is this mm-hmm. going to come with visualizer updates or groups or no uh well i think Before. that's that's still kind of an open question is yeah. are we going to just do are we going to release this once it's ready and we're happy mm-hmm. or are we going to try wait and batch it with visualizer and refactored groups mm. yeah it's the open question. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of those things that like, I mean, I think you and I have both poked through it a little bit now and digging into stuff. And it's mm-hmm. once you start changing stuff, it is amazing how much you're like, Oh wait, that's green. You know, just making yeah. sure light mode still works for folks that still like light mode and yep. dark mode works for folks that like dark mode. And, you know, making sure we haven't like blown up anything on either side is uh, surprisingly very, uh, yes, intensive, <laughs> just like, yeah uh, make sure we haven't missed anything and then also you know you know yeah it feels a little bit like when i was a kid and i had like windows xp uh, <laughs> computers and uh-huh. my brother and i found like oh you can change the like the way everything looks it's super sweet and you know, i was like immediately like make it all black because 
cool and punk rock and then like, uh-huh. go to like open up a drop down and it was just an all black, black field window like, black yeah. text on black <laughs> backfill and black hovers and you're like oh shit i can't even change it back because everything is <laughs> i can't find the many buttons anymore yeah so we're trying to not do that uh mm-hmm. to, to y'all uh so and there's just and there's a lot so yeah, so many features in Spike Mark now. That's lots of windows and lots of little mm-hmm. uh, little things to uh, to make sure we catch. <laughs> Ideally, yeah, before sure. we release it. Yeah, without having so much feature creep too, because like yeah. I go, over, I felt like the few like I was up at the shop for something we'll talk about a little later. I would mm-hmm. swing by Zach's desk and he'd ask me one question, and I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, we've always talked about this other thing, but you know, probably not get to that yet." And I'd come back like five minutes later, and he'd be working on like that thing that I yeah. said. Uh, let's not get to that yet. Yeah. Just like not have so much feature creep that we're <laughs> yeah like, trying to trying to keep it limited. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, there was a little bit, but they were a little bit of feature creep. But it was ones that made sense for like the UI right. updatey kind of things. And but yeah, for the most part, right. it's like the like, try to stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Links are funny at the moment. We will get to them. Yeah, they are on our list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then. uh Cody kind of uh, sneak previewed it earlier too. And it's like, and the other things, big features coming later being uh, we're re, uh, re-envisioning the back end and some of the front end for how uh, groups work. So right. you're going to see uh, improvement with groups, which will be killer. And then we're also going to be uh, redoing the visualizer. So to get more performance out of it and mm-hmm. maybe some other fun features out of it yeah that will leave Time will purposefully tell. vague <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for i don't want to be standing at it at usitt and have you lovely folks come up to us which we love but then be like you said on episode <laughs> so-and-so we were gonna have blankety blank and then i'll have to be yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah it didn't work <laughs> it was hard yeah but i think uh that'll also be another one that people are gonna really love too so Mm-hmm. once we get our, that get is another that really one. yeah yeah it's another really hotly i mean honestly like thinking about the three that i think we hear about have heard about the most uh recently has been the split a cell d cell yep and we've now with the new solved that uh, nailed it round of pros we're, we're through that check mark <laughs> we're working on dark mode right now it's probably you know 70 percent of the way there so that'll that'll release uh this year so like yep check mark there and then after that it's like yeah we the you know when you're on site with folks and they're trying to set up their little their schematic for the show and have like yeah. you know ah I can't you know what I got a turtle what do I do ah, I got this I got that you know like that set yeah those are three big ones that I think we hear about a lot so we're trying to you know work through the list in the most um official hit, hit all the big yeah. ones yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. all three of them are fairly large uh, sneakily quite difficult yeah <laughs> yeah like, well, and uh like the dark mode one specifically too it's like the oh yeah i mean i don't know just change a bunch of the just change the colors it's like the that's eh, not that big but then as you start tearing into the problem and pulling back like more and more like the oh it turns out there's actually a lot there's a lot here none of it is right super complicated it's just there's just a Jeez. lot of it here yeah and you have to get it all or it doesn't work right it doesn't look right. right so coming soon to a spike mark near you yeah <laughs> but uh besides just the the teasing you with the new and exciting uh spike mark stuff we uh also though harry you just finished up well 
not finished finished but finished tm finished tm uh the custom uh, project we were doing with uh with protech yeah yeah it's uh we're in the the swing of big custom project summer yeah uh, i think that was the first right. one to, to ship uh circa a few days ago um so we're working with our friends out, out at protech in las vegas on a um theater renovation in las vegas um, and so I think we'd mentioned it in the last episode, they've got 12 custom machines, seven hoists, yo-yo hoists, um, and five of which are also on a rotate axis. So you get the, ho- the hoist on the spin um, with a sl- nice fancy slip ring in the center, um, running all that through. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a, it was a big push uh, for the shop. Uh, that was sort of the, the first big push of a few kind of coming on rapid succession. Yeah, um, the tsunami, as the, Gareth likes to put it. The work tsunami, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're, Lots we're of morning s- meetings of Gareth like, we're in the tsunami. Uh, this yeah. is it. We're, we're swimming in it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your flotation devices. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I feel underwater. Uh, <laughs> I can keep going with this analogy. Uh, but no, it was good. It was good. Um, everyone really pulled together and uh, got, got that thing going. In the middle, midst of it didn't help that I had scheduled six months ago my uh, bachelor party so that definitely uh put a kerfuffle <laughs> in the whole <laughs> production process but people people strove on and uh you know we got there because um, yeah, we had set up uh trust there in the middle of uh in the middle of the shop yeah yeah we're a bunch of the machines there's so much it, the, our new our favorite load testing spot has become less the the main beam which is great from structural capacity but a little bit of a pain to fly things in and out especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to batch multiples of machines so what we've done is uh of late a a fair bit is uh throwing a spanner truss between the wooden beams in 15 um and then we'll hang a couple chain falls off of that and then have fly a truss in and out um just to serve you know service trust um so that worked pretty pisser for these machines um because they're all kind of uh built around a large c-channel spine and it's pretty easy to throw some half burrows on there and rig those up and lift them off the ground and fly them out, test them. Yeah. And then they ultimately go into these welded steel frames that will sit on their bar steel grid in the, in the theater. So it was like, and then just drop them into their, their house. Yeah, it actually worked out pretty them. great. The, yeah. the loading and unloading a situation for them. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, with the, the shenanigans of, uh, you know, commissioning custom machines, we, we took them in and out a lot of times to look at things. <laughs> and like, Oh wait, forgot about that. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was not that bad to, to fly it in and out. It was, you know, a couple of people in chain fall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a, we had a little, some show and tell factories up and test and call it what you will with uh, the customer. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was only some minor notes as you, as you expect here and there and um, pushed them on a truck, or actually trucks. Cause we were, yeah. we were, we, it was so many, it was 15 pallets of machinery and controls, which is just great to see that. You know that volume volume of yeah. stuff going out the door and us not really even batting an eye and just like all right when's the next one um mm-hmm. so i actually had to split ship between a couple trucks um and yeah it's uh rod is going out in a probably a month or so tbd on actual dates to go do the uh the integration on site and um yeah look forward to more reports from the field hopefully and when he comes back um there was there were some interesting uh, little challenges we ran into mm-hmm. along the way. Um, the first one was kind of just like a sort of surprise requirement that we learned during the the fact the FAT, which was um, just thinking about the rotation and if they so 
the five that are the hoist and rotate are going to have mirror balls on there. Um, and so we learned at, at the factory sense that this is going to be not a theater actually, but it's getting converted into a nightclub. So it opens for six hours a night and mm-hmm. p- potentially unclear on the exact show queuing, like these will rotate maybe endlessly for that entire six hours. Um, which could run into a potential challenge with just running out of encoder counts on the motion controller. Mm-hmm. Um, right. we're limited at 11 billion or something, yeah, something like, that. like that. So we're doing the math and based on like, you know, full speed, I think it could, if it was going full speed in one, one direction, direction, you'd probably get like four hours and change or no, no, sorry. It was like 150 minutes or something like that. But on their actual queuing, we still end up with like, the likely speed it would go, we'd still probably have like 14 hours. So we're probably set, but there was still some concern about um, what happens if you exceed that count um, and how we could get around that. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically reset position midway to sort of pick that up. And you came up with... And yeah, and it turns out... We already developed the feature. We already have the feature. It's uh, pretty cool. So um, I don't know, it was like a year ago, we introduced, two years ago, I don't know when it was, uh, introduced the ability for SpikeMark to take in OSC uh, to be able to trigger things in SpikeMark. And yeah. way before that, we also introduced an OSC messenger so SpikeMark can send out OSC messages in the queue list. So what you can do is you can create the OSC messenger stagehand put it in a queue and have it send a message to spike mark. So send a message to itself to reset the position of a motor or to fire a queue or do any of the things. And so you can just send messages to yourself essentially in a queue. Endless rotation. Bam. Just reset. Just reset. Hashtag faster. (laughs) I guess we, we went over it pretty quickly over explaining the problem, but it, I guess Maybe it is would be some surprising to some to learn that you could run out of counts in a single direction. Um, I don't know oh, if we mm-hmm. super explicitly explain that part of it. Uh, it is a lot, like yes. I said, several Hours. billion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, Christian, do you want to just explain that to folks really quickly? Like, what what is yeah, actually so, happening? So it's like in the so the only thing coming out of the encoder is. Uh, is pulses for counting up or for counting down. So plus one, minus one kind of a thing. And so that number has to be stored somewhere. And there's various different size. They're called registers. They're the place where this number is stored on the mm-hmm. motion controller. And the, that register, you can think of it as like it's a physical like shelf. And there's only so many slots on the shelf and it's baked in there physically, like into the, that's just how the silicon is. And so once you fill up that shelf, the next plus one sets it back to zero. Right. And just starts, keeps counting up. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you overflow, which means you try to add one more to the, to the farthest end of the shelf and it doesn't exist. So you kind of just drop it on the ground and that resets the counter back to zero, sort of. I mean, that is what is happening, but like the analogy, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> they all right. slide off the shelf. They all and slide now off you have the an shelf. empty shelf. Yeah, and now you have your empty shelf. Uh. Which like typically, I, I would say probably rotators are the things that we run into it the most yeah. with. Like anything that can endlessly spin in a single yeah. direction. Yeah. Is like yeah, you're not going to run into it. it with a hoist or a deck track or something. Like, yeah. Like anything even with, with an aggressively yeah. 
uh, high encoder count, you're yeah. still not going <laughs> to run into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, on rotators for long, long runs, you, you can hit that threshold. Um, other ways you can get around it is like if you're close and you do really need to run it, you could like, you know, step down your encoders like mm-hmm. pixel uh, resolution. Your, yeah, your resolution. Um, your PPR. I was going to say PPR, and then I was like, "Oh God, I don't want to get into more acronyms." <laughs> it's like, let's explain this. Let me get into acronym land. Uh, yeah, you could do that like manually, or yeah, like for this one, for instance, like you just get to the all the way to end, and if you end back nominally on zero or ninety degrees off or whatever, you could just don't send a message to itself, um, and then you don't have to have like the operator even really know that it's happening right like you get to the end it has like you know on an on a link on a completion link or whatever Mm -hmm. at the end of the show just Mm -hmm. doink sets itself back to zero and then you know and that's also a valid thing to point out is and it needs to be stopped not moving when you reset Mm -hmm. its position (laughs) yeah (laughs) that'll matter that'll i don't think it'll let you yeah, I think, it, but, I think it doesn't let you. But but that's what's happening there. It has to be stopped. Right. To be able to reset its position. Yeah, not advisable to turn motions. Yeah, I think that was a pretty fun little uh, moment we were all having. We were like, ah, oh, there's a couple ways around this. And then we're just like, yeah. oh, yeah. We could just OSC to ourselves. <laughs> right. we, we've already uh, done the work. Right. Yeah, because yeah, we've done it in the past with like, you know, a little button or like, you know, mm-hmm. a little script or something or, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, because we, we did a similar one. It was an art installation in New York, I believe. And it was another one that was just they turned it on in the morning and it rotated all day. And mm-hmm. then they were at some crazy huge position by the uh, end of the day. And so if they were to try to run it for more than a day, it mm-hmm. wouldn't work. So it, for that one, um, we ended up just writing a little script that would reset their positions, like a little Python script that ran when you turned the computer on in the morning. Yeah. And that works, but sending OSC to yourself, much more elegant. It's nice to queue it in there. Because you can just queue it in there and you can see what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think... It- it, it's actually it's got a pretty like there's some cool use cases in there too for like so actually very specifically too and related to uh, the protech thing is so gareth and i were going through and we were uh we had we were updating uh parameters and uh so we would update the parameters and then we would want to run it for two minutes and then we want to lower the weight back down so then we can move on to the next one so we wrote it using with this trick using the osc so it would, with a time link, so after five minutes, it would fire the, uh, it would send a soft stop, so the motor would stop, and then it would, on a completion link of that, it would then lower it down, and then it was all done. So we just press go, and then we didn't even have to start a timer. Truly automated load testing. Truly automated load testing. Oh, Love did it. you end up... Was it already in there? Did you add soft stop via OSC? Is that already in there? Uh, it's in there, but it's for everything. Oh, right. Not access specific. That's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit. Um, yeah, that's cool. I was thinking about, um, I feel like often you end up 
like with a turntable on a show. You run all of Act One, blah 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 blah, blah. and mm-hmm. then like sometimes the easiest bet is to like unwind the turntable just to like oh. during intermission mm-hmm. just to like reset everything so you're queuing from anomaly zero again. Yeah. Um, and there hasn't been a super great like friendly way to do it. Right. To get you there, and you could totally like do your first act in your intermission, you know, like normally I like write a little dummy cue that says like intermission break or whatever. Like you can mm-hmm. do on a completion, like even if you're at like say 90 or 270 or something, like you could just, you know, clock yourself back to like whatever your relative to zero is instead of like 10,080 or whatever right. it's gotten up to. Yeah. And then, and then you'll be like, Oh yeah, sweet. We'll just boop, boop, call yourself yeah. zero. And, yeah. uh, and then your whole second act is what much easier Right, because you you're starting again from just that zero. You don't have to be like, get your calculator out and right add multiples of twenty two yeah. degrees and whatever <laughs> right, you're that doing. Whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, you probably so, just care about does that floor line up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Cool, I mean, yeah, zero. most of the time too. People like the stage manager or whoever is in the design team is like, yeah, send it back to you know ninety zero one eighty, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, it's really ten thousand eight hundred. <laughs> like or whatever <laughs> continuous counts forward yeah yeah and especially if you end up with one of those things more like car showy where it's like uh, yeah. you just let it run to like some really crazy far distance mm-hmm. and then you do like a you know using a dynamic spike like set it back to you know next multiple of you know 75 180. degrees or whatever yeah. to give you that car looking all hot and yeah. fresh yep. then you could auto link to set to 70 you know reset your position to 75 degrees and then carry Start on. Over. Yeah. Like it just be just a, yeah. yeah. So it, the more you think about it, the trick. more, uh, the more power it has. And, mm-hmm. and also makes us want to, uh, add more functionality to it. So you can do even more, even crazier things. I wouldn't say crazier. I would say specific things. Okay. <laughs> even more specific things. I don't want to go around being like, you try some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Cool. Uh, crazy cool yeah yeah Yeah, i think the one the first one we talked about was like maybe a axis specific soft stop um yeah interesting for for doing like loops of things and yeah yeah loops right now like you can send your (laughs) you can write cues into endless loops which are really cool Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes for cycle testing it's for other stuff especially for us Uh, yeah we use it all the time (laughs) we use it all the time but the trouble with them is you can you can't get out of them right Uh, there's no clean way out there's no clean way out but if you could like, I don't know, either dynamically turn off links or dynamically hit a soft stop on a specific axis so you could like get to a next queue so you're not stuck in yeah, some yeah. circle. Yeah, 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 there's more on that later. I don't more. know. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's more to think about. There's a lot. There's a whole feature around just this, I think. And incrementing loops. Yeah. Or completion yeah. links. Some might sum this all up in uh in the in the word sequences there's like a whole thing there but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 sequences are a whole thing that we talk about uh yeah <laughs> internally they're also on the list uh <laughs> but a little this bit is further a... down from groups and uh dark yeah <laughs> yes but this is a today thing you can uh you can do some 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 cool stuff it would also be interesting too as we start to develop some of these more specific ones too like i think right now we like default to um q labs library too like yeah. we don't have our own like spike mark yeah specific the messenger library or yeah for messenger. Yep. and it's q lab three even it's not even four or five 
Right. So it might be good to just pull up and get to our. Uh, yeah, make it ours. That's make the it ours. Default and, one. Yeah. Because our stuff updates less. We do less fa- fancy things than QLab does. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't keep up less with those. fancy, just we specifically only focus on one thing. They do. Yeah. Lots. Lights and yeah. sound and all the different network stuff and yeah stop trying to keep up with their keep up with them and keep our uh libraries yeah. up to date we can just uh you know <laughs> yeah make our own <laughs> and uh anyways that's down a totally different uh <laughs> tangent there yeah yeah so messaging yourself it's useful yeah <laughs> yeah the the other should i get into the other one sure I, yeah so the other little uh tidbit we ran into during uh Factory acceptance testing, and maybe a little unclear why specifically these machines, but who really cares why? Uh, I think was, it's, yeah, go on. I would say I think I think it's probably because we're, we're we, along with this, we're also messing with some new brakes, which have some slightly interesting characteristics uh, relative to what brakes. we're used to. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, yeah, I mean, on in, on ma- on paper, they shouldn't have made a difference, but anyways, <laughs> probably did. <laughs> yeah. That was a perplexing part. But anyway, it had to do with break timing. So the the, the behavior we were seeing um, was we'd run the hoist up. Um, so it'd be going in the forward direction. Um, and then at the beginning, very randomly, very intermittently, not dependent on speed mm-hmm. or load, when it was running in the down direction, you would get we would get a brake flutter. Um, so you'd get brake release. Uh, we'd start, we'd uh, flex motor start motion and then we would quickly re-engage the brake and then it would release and you'd get a little bit of scrub through and a squeak and this was driving us up the wall because of course off, off the cuff we thought it was like no ah, it's maybe it's mechanical maybe we got a loose connection somewhere mm-hmm. maybe it's electrical maybe you know check everything in line um and we you know we're ringing on that for a day or two before we're like ah yeah it's none of those things uh <laughs> Especially once you, once we popped open the stage and I think that became pretty evident because we could see the brake contactor doing a little flutter there at the doing, beginning. You're like, oh no, this mm-hmm. is this is control. This is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to dig into what? Yeah. You so, uh, what it ultimately was happening was that it would uh, release and then engage and then release the load brake, which is the slow brake at the at the beginning of the down move there. Not every time, like Harry was saying, it was like intermittently. And um, we traced it down and it was coming back to the way we were. So the way we handle the the load break is in the PLC on the, on the drive, we look to make sure that it's actually producing current so it can hold the load so we can feel confident to open the brake and it'll be able to hold it. And we don't, we haven't like lost a phase or worse yet, you know, just yanked out the the motor connection, like um, the cable exploded yeah. the motor, any yeah. of these things, any of those things. So we make sure there's actually current and, uh, and then we also, so there's current and the enable signal, whether that's the forward or the reverse. And what it ended up being was, uh, in the PLC, the signals we were using, um, our best guess is that, um, whatever the calculation, the drive is doing, to figure out what the current is um there's air in it and like it just kind of accumulates like over time and whatever the the compounding calculation is right it eventually uh goes to zero so there's 
so it briefly says there's no current, which engages the brake, and then it immediately jumps back up to, um, you know, the five amps or whatever it is. And that is enough for it to flip the brake off and on, or on then off, whatever. Toggle the brake. And, uh, <laughs> on and off with brakes is confusing yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, ah, oh, we found it. Now what? And so <laughs> uh, way back in 21, when we were doing the big uh, retrofit project. Out in California, yeah. Out in California. We were very much into reading that manual because... Deep, deep, <laughs> deep in the A800 parameters. In the footnotes of the A800, uh, yeah, manual. And um, during that time, we came across there's this signal that the drive is capable of producing, which is based off of a current value and the delay time. And, uh, and it is specifically related to, is there current present? And you're like, this is the exact thing we are trying to replicate. So, so basically, you found the parameters that are the code that we've produced at the PLC, yes. but do the same thing in a parameterized yeah. Yeah, way. Yeah, we just wrote some code to do this thing when it turns out the drive is also capable of doing it. And the key difference was, and the drive also has an allotment for time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for when it's doing those calculations and it does that briefly, when it briefly crosses that zero threshold, there's still that buffer time. And so like smooths through. Yeah. Yeah. Smooth is it. Yeah. So we revisited that signal and implemented it. And, uh, because we looked at it to implement it back then. Right. Didn't have. And we had, I don't know. I don't remember the full, uh, course of events because we did look at it briefly, but then it didn't immediately like it wasn't working. And so we just moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I we, don't we found remember. a simpler solution at the time, I think. Yeah, which ended yeah. up being and it, easier. Yeah, um, some slightly custom PLC values, yeah. I think, is what we ended up doing there because we knew yeah. it was a one-off series of stagehands. Versus mm-hmm. here, we're like, we don't want this to be a custom one-off thingy that we do every single right. time, right? And so it's in the PLC, yeah, we revisited that, put some more time on it, and figured it out. And it worked great. Yeah, and, and I think there's two pretty big wins there. The first obvious one being that now we're no longer scrubbing through the brakes, but also the the motion looks great after yeah. that. Like the the control at the beginning of downward moves like improved pretty dramatically. Yeah, and the also equally as great is and it's backwards compatible all the way through the Pro Two. So yeah, Pro Two, Pro Three, Pro Four, right. Pro Five. It's a PLC update away. It's a PLC update away. And right. uh, and now it's all exposed on perimeters. So if you find yourself in a strange scenario or need to adjust that by machine yeah. requirements, then it's just a couple of perimeters and, or three. Right. And it now uh, takes those hard-coded constant values from the PLC mm-hmm. and makes them changeable with the keypad, which anytime you, that's the case, it tends to be a win. Because that was our change for the... Uh, like the the one off, like you were saying, Cody was, we uh, there's like ten user definable parameters or something like that, and so we made one of those our quote unquote release current value, which we mm-hmm. mix, which is settable from the keypad, but then we read that in into the PLC, and that was our that was our workaround for that, and and there was a minimum 
constant that was baked in there that prevented yeah. us from going lower. Well, I mean, it was one that we set because we didn't want it to accidentally ever get set to zero, and then it just <laughs> opens the break <laughs> and <laughs> At any and value. sadness could ensue. Yes. So very easily. So we did add in a, a safety to that where it's like, the, yeah, but you can't ever set it to zero. <laughs> right. Um, then but, things start dropping, and that's that's nobody likes that. No one's gonna have a good nobody time. You're mm-hmm. gonna have a bad Good time. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's an interesting one. I mean, I wouldn't if you are like hearing this and you're going, Oh God, I have pros. Is this a thing that I have to do right now or else everything is unsafe? I would say the answer is no. No, it, I mean, no not uh, at all. Things what have been working as they were for you know. Yeah. What we've gained a is long additional time. functionality. Yeah, yeah, we've just improved the the motion. That's all we've yeah. done. It's, yeah. So not any more or less safe. It's the same safe. It's just we found a way to be able to improve it. Yeah. And we did, just to say it, we did try it out, like, not just on these, you know, custom kind of stagehands and old, uh, yeah, like <laughs> custom machines with Pro 4 controls. If, correct me if I'm wrong, right? We, mm-hmm. This is going out with Pro 4s. We yeah. also tested it on the brand new Pro 5s with the new Spotline V2s. And, like, it's all yeah. forwards and backwards compatible, compatible. from this yeah. like, little use case that we're sending out. Yeah. Pro 2 to 5, E800, A800. It doesn't matter. We can A700. do it. A700. Oh, shit. Even that one. Actually, I don't know if it's that one, but I haven't tested that I one I was going to say, that was such but. a bold... <laughs> I was like, I... You shot from the hip there. I am, I am dubious on the A700 yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah. So while that was all happening here in the shop, all that craziness, Cody, mm-hmm. you were also working. You were one up here live and in person, and yes. also working on your own uh, custom project that was shipping <laughs> days later. Day, day I mean day. It later. shipped today. <laughs> the other one shipped yesterday, and this and this one <laughs> shipped today. So yeah. Um, which was a fun thing because uh, obviously I'm the I'm the out of towner, so I'm mm-hmm. not always the one to uh, be there reminding you day in day out, like hey I have a thing, hey I have a thing. <laughs> uh, so I came up to the shop I don't know about two weeks ago and I was like, sweet, it's been on the calendar. We're gonna get started on this thing that I've designed, <laughs> these custom machines, some stagehand servos. It's gonna be great. Yeah. And uh, Harry was mucking up the whole place with all that ProTech stuff. <laughs> so I had, uh, uh, <laughs> but, oh, you want someone to help you with you? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Squeaky wheel around here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a, we did a, it's another, um, we've done some work for this customer in the past that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of like art installations with these custom machines. Um, Last time it was a little servo-driven rotator, like custom servo-driven rotator um, Mm -hmm. that kind of spins an LED effect, uh, like LED tile sort of thing. Um, And this new one is much like that, except for it is a rotator and then hung from that rotator um, is like a tilting axis. So it can like kind of tilt negative 15 degrees to positive 15 degrees so this Mm -hmm. you can get like kind of these like wobbling effects and like angled spinning of it's like this eight foot tall by six inch by six inch like kind of extruded like a led column um Mm -hmm. so it's it's an interesting one because it's like you know we're 
kind of mounted at the top of this what will be an art in an art gallery not in the theater mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and do these big tilting wobbling uh kind of effects <laughs> while it's uh, rotating while it's rotating so it's yeah. similar to the the protect gig we kind of had like motors passed motor signals and things pass through slip rings uh mm-hmm. it did uh i thought it was very funny we had harry and i at usitt did a little <laughs> class about slip rings and we're like yeah and you can do this and you could do that and then like within a month or two like we were actively specking <laughs> different slip rings <laughs> to pass like servo motors and induction motors through slip rings and doing all this stuff and you're like ah man we could have probably had some much more interesting hands-on photos of getting into the nitty-gritty <laughs> of this idea. Just uh, giving us a couple months. <laughs> yeah, just giving it till next year. But um, yeah, so yeah, it was it was cool. Um, it was kind of fun since it is a uh, it's for an art gallery for an artist. So they mm-hmm. and it there's no um, you know it's not happening in a big black box and you just don't want to see the machine because it takes away from the magic. Like right. It, it is part of the experience of the piece is mm-hmm. seeing this machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it often we're just like paint it black. And right. Who cares? Uh, Make it disappear. Yes. It, in that way, it was like machine design mixed with scenery kind of like made me feel uh, some nostalgia for being back in a, a theater environment. <laughs> like can't just be a, a good machine. It also has to look pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very shiny. It is. It's fun. <laughs> like the last one we did um, was like right in 2020, um, like the beginning of 2020, like January, I think, uh, pre the world shutting down. Yeah. But it was all uh, because of the tight turnaround for the first one. It was all that we just got aluminum plate and like machined all of the flat plates. I um, I guess that, that was still the Haas, right? We had the Haas yeah. already? Yeah. It was still uh, the yeah, Haas. I think so. Yeah. Um, so it was all just, you know, kind of doing it on the fly. Uh, but the whole machine is just 6061 aluminum and all unpainted raw um, was the kind of like preferred look over trying to paint it or anything like that. Uh, and so for this one, it was, again, sort of that same style. But it was kind of fun to see, like, since then we've gotten like the time saver and we've gotten like, you know, yeah. breezy's like feeds and speeds on the Haas and all his like, you know, surface finishes and things are just like, have gotten even better and nicer. And so it was like kind of cool to see like just this natural evolution. You're like, Oh, this is like the same thing. Just like cleaner. Yeah. And better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it was kind of fun. It was cool. Like it's a swanky little machine too. Cause just the, the nature of it meant it was a a little less um, budget conscious, I guess is probably the polite way to say it. Like it was like, (laughs) It's like, ah, that thing's kind of pricey, but it looks cooler and better. So we'll just do that because uh-huh. yeah, this is part of the art and not just something to be hidden and value engineered for. Um, so lots of yeah. machined aluminum bits. And standing next to it, watching it do the thing, it is, it's pretty cool to see it uh, spin and tilt like that at the same time. Terrifying is another word I'd throw out there. <laughs> <laughs> at the right speeds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can do like 180 or 200 degrees per second on the rotate (laughs) so like it it kind of whips which when the tilt is like plumb it's like no yeah it's spinning okay whatever and then Mm -hmm. you tilt that thing out to like 15 degrees so it's kind of like you know it's got like a four foot radius 
yeah. on it, and you <laughs> let her rip, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then, stop like, it. introduce the, like, kind of pendulum, like, you'd, like, got it queuing on, like, a little pendulum-y sort of uh, cue stack. Yeah. And then you let that mm. rip it, you know, 200 <laughs> degrees a second, and you're like... Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty serious. Uh, <laughs> I, I did a fair bit of math, and we had some consultants with the with McLaren Engineering and stuff mm-hmm. about everything. And you're like, this all seems in its margins, but you look at it and you go, like, <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and I think, and that was part of it too. The thing that we discovered was also it's like it's not really about the tilting speed; it's more mm-hmm. about the rotating speed. That's the thing that. Uh, Oh, yeah. right. Makes it feel impressive. Yeah. I mean, you, you described the effect, or, or I, just, I remember seeing like the models that you had for like a while, and you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, the spin, but now it tilts a little. Cool. Yeah. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, that thing is, that's cool, but it's also intimidating. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very stout. It's, yeah. Right. It, yeah. To like, I mean, it's like grab a broom by the very far end and then just whip it around <laughs> as fast as you can. That's what you're asking for. What your wrist is doing is what we're asking the machine to do. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anyone so, run the gauntlet on it yet. <laughs> yeah, it also like at at the shop because we I was competing for space with this big uh, other thing that was happening in the shop. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> so we ended up hanging it from like our main beam and um, our main unit. And um, mm-hmm. it's like 13 feet off the ground. And the column is like eight. And then the machine with its little like extender arm is, you know, another two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, two, three feet off the ground, um, right. which is fine. Uh, in the space, when we install, it's going to be three inches off the ground. Uh, oh, I didn't I realize is, that. <laughs> yeah, like it's just gonna be like right in your face and like very like ha, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, very. I mean, I, I fly out to LA next week to um, to start the install. To start the install, yeah. There's a little bit of pre work we're gonna do. We're gonna transfer. We're sending it kind of like to ourselves to the LA mm. shop to do mm-hmm. like we have essentially the one we designed for them in 2020 that setup mm-hmm. which was originally running in europe so we've got a couple connectors to change and a, a little yeah ah, mm-hmm. yep some 200 e to one 120 uh stuff to take care of um and then uh like combine the e-stop systems and stuff like that and then yeah we'll load in the following following mm-hmm. week to the gallery uh tim and myself but yeah i think i think it should be pretty cool uh it's it's some uh it's some stagehand servos which like we <laughs> use some servos in the push tech mini push tech mini um and we have had various different you know the spotline practical had a 200 watt mitsubishi servo in it and the mm-hmm. um spotline mini was a schneider one was a schneider one yeah um so we we've certainly done we were we were like servo crazy a couple of years back and we've walked back from that a little bit but uh yeah it was fun we had to make a 200 watt and a 400 watt stage hand servo which like we've made for custom projects we've got i don't know probably about 10 10 or so of each kind of flavor out in the wild mm-hmm. plus all the custom machines that we built them into like all smart yeah. machines yep. so they're not mm-hmm. unknown to us but since we were in that whole push and now like m- no one in the electric shop uh yeah was this is the first a- time for some of them yeah, it was around when those were designed. Um, yeah. 
and no one has been uh, in touch with them. So it was very funny to have like this has a bomb and a schematic, but also it hasn't been made in fi- like you know many years. Yeah, uh, and, you're, and many and times the when they were time. made, it was like a slightly different tweak on this one. Or <laughs> yeah, ooh, like the, this one's got this flavor instead. Right. In our um, we've bolstered some of our. Uh, practices and processes in those several years um yeah so it was like yeah. a peek back behind the curtain of like oh yeah uh we we probably also in the design world were like oh we got this custom machine design this custom machine design we got some new products design so we we're kind of just like yeah they're stagehand servos they're good to go like we've made them yeah they've got bombs they've got schematics it'll be fine and then as soon as we started into it i was like oh man i wish i would have done just uh We've made just significant improvements. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> since the last time. Yeah. Since the last time. So that was a pretty fun experience to go back through and go like, yep, there's, I don't think there's intrinsically anything wrong in them. It's just like, we've come no. up with better, like, you know, cable pathings and yeah. wire treatments and like we've done in our, and the way we, you know, we, the way we keep it clean and organized and, you know, all of that. And yeah. the way we like to lay the terminal blocks out and, you know, lay out a case and components and like all of that has been the thing that is uh, the thing that has really been <laughs> that is that has improved, that has changed. Yeah. Yeah. There was even some like component selection stuff about like the way we're handing the e-stop circuit and oh, you know, yeah, some that. things like that, like yeah. we've gotten better at. So there was like several mm-hmm. situations like I think Lucas looked at me and was like, well, what do you guys do in the past with like this sort of stuff? And you're like, I mean you're asking me a question is like <laughs> we omitted these things and changed these parts on the new stuff so that we didn't have to deal with this problem so right. like because <laughs> like, right. like, this was a problem right we uh, simplified where we could and yeah right yeah like and we're much more hip yeah. to like using sto signals and like you know yeah. sort of passing things through the preventos and kind of like m- more precisely laying out some of those mm-hmm. circuits through the the vfds or servo drives and stuff now yeah than we were then and it's like ah yeah could have done it different didn't <laughs> yeah and then also even just like our style for documentations and schematics has dramatically uh changed and improved so it's so much more um f- easier to follow and readable and you just kind of and a lot can, a lot more clear in terms of like what clear, you're doing yeah. gauging all those things gauging color gauging color where paths. it goes yeah 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 i think there was a big usage in the past and our this is really into the weeds but uh it's what gives me it sparks joy for me so it's uh, what we do yeah here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our schematics now are kind of like these hybrids between both like uh you know a more t- typical wiring schematic that gives you more logic than specifics. And we've mm-hmm. kind of like moved into like, it's got some of those elements, but we also kind of more emphatically draw line to line, include all the terminal blocks, include all the call outs, like very yeah. few, like, you know, terminal connections and jump overs and things like that. Like we try to make it as like close to, you could pull a wire schedule straight from the schematics if you needed to. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. it just passes, it adds more back end for like the design team, but then like mm-hmm. it just moves so much smoother through the production. And then also just for us, when we have to go troubleshoot something out in person, you just pull up the schematic and it has everything. You're like, right. oh, I can see wire 12 is supposed to go between these two terminals. 
right as well as like, these two devices and it's next to those terminals and yeah yeah like a lot of like willy-nilly just like yeah and then that draws to common and then you're like okay yeah but where did you pick up common and you're like and then you're like right. chasing like daisies through like a2s on you know contactors and then they land yeah. like on an s2 on the drive or something and you're like Oh Jesus! Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like, we got two separate commons right now. Yeah, That's yeah. Like, what are these crazy chains? Versus, like, now we're just like, yep. Let's just just lean into more dedicated common bus terminals, so we're doing less daisying. So our, you know, we have more home runs of wires to terminal blocks, but it's way easier to troubleshoot. Way easier to like see yeah. what's going on. Um, yes. So uh, it was a brief trip to the past. Also, it used to be really crazy about like squitting out cat fives like on either ends yeah. of two ter- things yeah. with terminals like <laughs> hitting a cat five cable in between wow. you're like that's we need four wires in this cat five those right. could just be wires like right. we, we and, don't and need... like and like one of them is landing over here and like irrespective in the schematic like that component is nine inches away so you're <laughs> stripping back like <laughs> yeah four of the wires and half of the jacketing and <laughs> And it wasn't even like we were using a solid core wire at that time, so you still had to even feral the Cat5 cable still. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a great one to walk away from. It's the... Yes. Like, <laughs> use the four wires. Where they use help four us. wires. Yeah. Yes. When it helps you, it helps you, and when it doesn't, just pull up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And if this doesn't if you have some, you, I fucking eat it. <laughs> yeah, get it out of there. Marie Kondo this shit. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, if you have some really hateful Cat5, like with a six-inch strip back, and then three of them are two inches long or whatever, like, ah, let's get yeah. some terminal blocks in there. We don't need to be, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we can make it better. Make it better. Uh, be the change you want to see in the world. So, uh, yeah. So, I think we've all internally looked at each other and gone, like, great. We can do stagehand servos. We do do them. When we go to do them next, let's remember that so we should update design. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Like <laughs> even just this case stuff about like, oh, we put front, we put hinges on all the face panels now. And then yeah. you racked up yeah. some stagehand servos and went like, shit. And then you have to immediately open it up to change something. Um, exactly. <laughs> yep. Or oh, the, the um, time honored tradition of adding the commissioning port. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. We did order the cases. We had one of them and we ordered another one of them. And they immediately got in here and I was like, ah, this is before we were putting commissioning ports on everything. Breezy, we need to machine some Neutrik uh, <laughs> USB pass-throughs. <laughs> yeah. So besides the the cool uh, spinner tilter custom thing you've been working on, you've also, Cody, been working on another new stock product that I think everybody's going to be excited for. Yeah, yeah, I think we've flirted with it. I think we branched it a little bit when we were talking about the yo-yos maybe an episode or two ago. But yeah, mm-hmm. we're working on a Spotline Mini V2. Um, similarly, in the vein of the Spotline V2 um, redesign that we did last year, uh, we're, we're going to like kind of take that sort of same gaze uh, towards the Spotline Mini. Yeah, because the old Spotline Mini, the Spotline Mini V1 is... Um it can be a little painful. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's, use. <laughs> it's an <laughs> interesting one. It, well, it's certainly to build, uh, the use and build is tough. I mean, I think there's some really cool things in the spotline mini. Like, yeah, we, it's for one sure. of those products that we got a big order for this, uh, n- uh, like kind of off 
menu item, menu which item. was a yeah. little mini hoist. And it was like, oh, yeah, there's enough of them. The timeline mm-hmm. was very aggressive um, and had a pretty specific series of things that it needed to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did that and we designed that machine and it was cool. It, we were, it was like I just was saying, like, we were kind of in Servo Palooza. We were big on yeah. servos. <laughs> yeah. We were big on smart machines. Like yep. all the controls, all the things, so you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's all just one and done. Um, and I think there are goods and bads for smart machines. I think that where they're more effective is places kind of like the Pushstick Mini versus something like the Spotline Mini, where you know you're often the Spotline Mini is like a Spotline, just going up either onto the grid or on a you know rail yeah, or out. It's going to be a hundred feet away from you. <laughs> yeah, and. And then you just can't get to the drive when you have a problem yeah. or you can't get to the faceplate to jog it or you can't, you know, mm-hmm. do things with the controller. And then worse, even worse would be uh, if you do have a problem, something does happen and you need to swap in a spare. Swap it out. Like, yeah, there's not really an option for that on a smart machine. Attached. Yeah. Even the, the connectorization we did was did not make that really much easier of a path. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we did it as best one could with the spotline mini and it's still kind of hateful of like, yeah, there's still some kind of like specific whips kind of squids hanging off the end of this box and trying yeah. to get the size down so much that like we, the wiring inside of it was pretty tough as well. Um, mm-hmm. And the kind of kick in the teeth after all of that is that it really still wasn't that small. Uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> the spotline mini. Cause when yeah. you sat it on a pallet, it was longer than the regular spot line like <laughs> tall. Yeah, like it's just yeah. like didn't quite check all the boxes um but it was where we started to experiment with some of the new uh safety features and stuff like cross groove and um because that one even had a had a dedicated safety plc in it right that we were experimenting with at the time right yeah i mean the new on Spotline V2, the cross groove uh, system is a direct like evolution yeah. of the one that Gareth designed for the Spotline Mini as well. Like it's yeah. So yes. there's a lot of feature development that that grew out of that. Just yeah. the, the specific implementations left something to be desired. It really was. Right. A, it was a version one. It yeah, really it was, was a version, version one. one. Yeah. yeah. And now we so, know what we like and what we don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So taking like a new um, kind of a new glance at it, because it's it seems to also still be a machine that people keep wanting to buy from us. And we yeah. uh, would like to more like with gusto be like, hell yeah, you should get a spotlight mini. Uh, right. Because right now we're like, ah, you sure? Yeah. You want that really? one? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we sold all the all the old ones and we're like, yeah, sorry, there's no more. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and then people but keep still wanting dem- them. So everyone wants a yeah. small hoist. So there, yeah. there's there's demand for that. Yeah. So looking towards Spotline Mini V2, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a couple things. We're gonna like use mm-hmm. the basic um shape and design of the full size Spotline V2 that we just designed um as kind of okay. our guiding like concept and just mm-hmm. you know, kind of smokestack induction motor sticking mm-hmm. out of the top, uh ten inch drum, mm-hmm. uh tube framing bent upright sort of like that same sort of design language that we've all we, we, we kind of really like with both from production and usability out of the spotline v2 um, right. and kind of like aim that back towards the spotline mini um, and then just make it smaller and more economical of space and size um, 
so like and and make that the spotline mini um yeah so so kind of like you just took the scale tool to uh to the spotline <laughs> v2 and just yeah shrunk as, it a little bit everything that could yeah 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 so for the motor it'll be a two horsepower um induction ac motor i think right now it's an mm-hmm. scw um that we've got slated in there um which that's nice because it still works on the on the pro so no new mm-hmm. controller right yeah that is the lowest horsepower motor that you can get into our five horsepower drive like reliably mm-hmm. to control it um with the with a stock stagehand pro um so you yep. won't need like a special controller like if you have a stagehand pro you can run the new spotline mini um, which is awesome you can just get the machine you can just get the control you can mix, mix and match right yeah. yeah exactly um which i think is is going to be pretty sweet um and with that, since it is a higher horsepower overall torque value than the um, mm-hmm. Spotline Mini V1, you do get more capacity because that was another thing that was it's it was better uh, than the practical, but it was not quite there. Yeah. Um, so we're targeting like a 300 pound um, capacity at the moment That'd at 36 nice. inches a second because that was an also another thing is I think mm-hmm. we were at 150 at 24 inches a second was the original Spotline Mini. um so that to folks off big improvements there yeah (laughs) Yeah. and because of it was a servo you also couldn't do an overspeed on it because it the drive parameters are just the the parameters are just different yeah um versus the induction motor through a stage pro you can you can do that like if you want uh you know 150 pound uh load but you know you want to run it at 48 inches a second five feet a second you know like you can make that trade in overspeed yeah um for loss of capacity right exactly um we're still going to stick with the eighth inch aircraft cable line Mm -hmm. um the spotline mini the first version had uh two drums two eight inch drums or eight or six i think there were six Uh, i think it was yeah i think it's two six six inch inch drums yeah um kind of like on the same shaft um Mm -hmm. but with the new with the new spotline drum we upped our with the new Haas and everything we can go up to a 10 inch drum so we're going to stick with the 10 inch drum um and just you know greatly shrink down the length of the drum uh so that we're you know i think the spotline drum is a 16 and a half inch long drum and the Mm -hmm. this one's looking to be about 10 inches long um nice so you can just chop weight some of, off the end. Yeah. yeah, size, weight, everything right off the end, and then still hit uh, either like 120 foot single line capacity, so you can have one line run real long, or yeah. we're gonna group, you know, drill the drum for up to four lines, so you can do like two 60 foot lines, for instance, which is probably gonna be the most common. Like if you're in a pres- regular old proscenium, yeah. like throw it up on the grid, throw it on a like you know on a cat, and you mm-hmm. can get all the way into the deck, all the way up to the grid with two. 60 foot lines on like you know either a sign or a chandelier or you know whatever yeah that'll be cool um super useful yeah yeah um yeah so i mean i think the idea is just shrink the current spotline design down all the way uh, as far as we can get it and suck mm-hmm. as much um both size and then also with that hunting weight um because yeah th- that's the that is the, the one big thing people want with a mini yeah less weight less weight yeah so we're gonna try to do as much as we can in that department by like you know reducing the plate thicknesses the tube thicknesses because Mm -hmm. since there is 
you know, less than half the capacity of like the load. The e-stop loads are so much right. are dramatically less. Smaller. Yeah. yeah, we need less. Um, you know, we want it to maintain its shape and not be like mm-hmm. wobbly on the floor, uh, but also uh, save weight as much as possible. So you know, like two or three folks can kind of like rustle it around uh, a little bit easier yeah. than the the current spot line, the full size. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we also, like, we did the Spotline Mini V1. We introduced mm-hmm. the cross groove, uh, yep. which now we've brought all the way through uh, the Pro controllers. And now the Spotline V2 has uh, built in cross groove detection. So we're going to do yep. the same. Um, and then also uh, have Load Cell as well integrated into the Spotline Mini 2. So, like, that's exciting. Yeah, because it didn't. That was that. That's the big new one for Spotline Mini because it had cross groove, but mm-hmm. load cell. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So and then oh, and then one more also cool thing, which I think we mm-hmm. had, we had, we I think we've mentioned on here before, but maybe not super emphatic, uh, explicitly is you know Spotline Mini V one ran on like two twenty single phase, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. which for a lot of folks like you know oh we're in a we're in our black box space or oh it's you know uh like kind of more found spaces sort of like you don't need mm-hmm. a full-size hoist because it's like some sort of weird venue like it's much easier right. to get higher voltage but single phase mm-hmm. um and the because of it only being a two horsepower motor you can run the stagehand pro on 200 volt single phase and all it does is reduces the capacity of the drive to right. max out at two horsepower so like you could still you can still do that. It all kind of like, you're like, oh, wait, actually, this does start to make a lot of sense. Like, so for some of the folks where that was really important to them, that'll still work. Right. Um, which, like, you know, we've done it with other, you know, kind of like with revolvers and things like that, where you don't need the full capacity out of the motor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like effectively capping your horsepower at two horsepower. Like, it's right. It's, it's kind of a neat trick to know about is just like, yeah, you can run right. the drive and all the, you know, power supplies and things rated in the, in the, um, off a single phase yeah but you're gonna lose out on uh on the capacity right yeah but you have to make sure you use like leg one and two like x and y (laughs) (laughs) x to l1 and y to l2 yeah because if why does none of this turn on (laughs) yes the power supplies are i mean that's what it's really all about like you could the drive Mm -hmm. i think will actually take it on different phases but the where the control card doesn't come on and you're like what the hell that's that's yeah it's the power supply is not getting the, the juice they need. Um, but to, but on a two horse, we can run it full full load mm-hmm. single phase, right? So it's pretty yeah. sweet, right? So you should still be able to get the full capacity out of the hoist at on that um, of the Spotlight Mini um, on uh, a, a two twenty single phase. So yeah, so yeah. it's we just did a little design sprint. We're trying to do this thing with these stock products now, where we we've kind of realized like you can design into the void getting all the right. fanciest, finest little details on something, and then you get to testing, and you realize, like, oh, man, Gotta that was a really cool anyway. bracket yeah. that <laughs> we're going to throw away. Uh, so <laughs> we're trying not to do that uh, this time around. So I think within mm-hmm. the next couple, I mean, I think within the next month, I think it's slated to um, the start assembling the, the first round just to, yeah, we did, like, scheduled a three-week design sprint, and I think we kind of had it all roughed in within like the first Mm -hmm. week and then like another half week or so of just making drawings to make sure we can get stuff out so um nice yeah so pretty pretty quick turnaround um to try to get 
this move in because I think we have some folks in the fall that are hoping to. I mean, like I said, people still want to buy them. Yeah. So we're because <laughs> it's when we've even sold right because originally we talked about this way back in January during our product summit and it was like the it was a priority and there were people interested and right. we're like oh on the cusp and now it's like oh yeah there's orders with it these yeah. these need to ship yeah right people want this machine right <laughs> which is great Love yeah that. so yeah so uh i'm sure we will post lots of uh instagram videos and things as we're starting yeah. to bust through the first round and take some photos and stuff but uh also if Eddie, we've uh a part of this also is uh we've been calling some customers and things some of our friends mm -hmm. um out in the wild that have shown interest in them just to like do some gut checks of like hey we don't want to like design yet another hoist that no one wants to buy so like <laughs> let's right make sure what do you like, guys want we think this is really cool we have also but we're all getting higher on own, own supply like so right. like <laughs> if uh if you guys have any really strong uh spotlight mini opinions totally reach out um so. yeah podcast at creative connors or cody at creative connors uh yeah any of the places um to to give us your two cents um because certainly right. we, we want to really want to know yeah <laughs> yeah we want to design stuff that people want to buy i mean ultimately is the, is the big that, that solves a problem um so yeah if you heard any of the things i just said and you're like well, well, I was going to say something maybe offensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> if, you, if you heard anything I just said and you're thinking like, my grandfather didn't die on the beaches of Normandy for the Spotline Mini to only have 300 pounds <laughs> of lifting capacity, let us know. Uh, <laughs> 333 is <artist> dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, there's other things too, like that we've briefly considered too. Of like, ah, we think eighth is the right size versus the capacity. Eighth inch aircraft cable is the right size mm -hmm. for uh, this machine for the target capacities. But you know, if three sixteenths is really your jam, or if you know if some other strong, really strong feelings, you know, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, now is the time to let us know before it's made. Yeah, or it's a real thing. I, yeah, like, or it'll just be more expensive to get what you want. Yeah, right later. Yeah, <laughs> it's better when it's a stock thing. Now, now the yeah. input is free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, it has a price tag. I get to put on my calendar. I've got a call with some cool customer that loves, has strong feelings about Spotline Mini. That's that's a, it's a nice that's thing to put in my day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Spotline Mini V two. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it more as we get through load test. You know, building the first one, load testing, starting to get through. You know, and actually. Going right off of that, the uh, speaking of uh, feedback, we got uh, a great email from. Uh, I'm gonna end up attempt to pronounce your name. I'm sorry, uh, Henrik from uh, the Swedish Royal Opera. I think you got that I right. Believe, yeah. Um, was listening to. Uh, has been recently listening to a bunch of the podcast and uh, wrote in with some great uh, naming convention stuff from our infamous if you will uh <laughs> how do you label a four post lift right and he had some some interesting insight i think harry do you have the you have it pulled up there yeah yeah he's bringing the international perspective um i think he he mentioned a lot some of the things that we the ones we had already brought up in that previous episode uh put the show notes with the actual episode number that it refers back to i guess because <laughs> uh, i don't remember it <laughs> Uh, he had an interesting one about the, doing the, the cardinal directions uh, directions where they have a space that 
actually aligns with the cardinal directions, but then it has an adjacent rehearsal room mm-hmm. that is flipped with that, so they'll rehearse where south means north and north means south. So that sounds terrible and confusing. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah, just rehearse at flipsies and remember that it's the opposite, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, just remember north is south and south north is, is north. south in this room and north is north in that room. Yeah. yeah. And then he also included um, the French have uh, Cor and Jardine, uh, the court and the garden side, uh, which refers to the orientation of the king and the queen in French, uh, French court theater. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, the things you never would have known yeah, yeah. the elizabethan wow. english orientations of props and prompter because mm. um, that's how they used to do it back then mm-hmm. um but yeah it's good yeah. good to open our eyes to, to, to that it's a great jargon. email love to hear it love yeah the feedback great engagement yeah and he uh, recommended a book i believe right was uh that was specifically talking about the uh Western European theater yeah, jargon yeah, yeah. and the, and why all these words exist. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to get one of the. I'll, yeah. I'll order one and yeah, I'll right. put it in the show notes. Yeah, I don't have it open right now for what it was, but but yeah. Uh, so you can get more precise etymological uh, origins of these words from yeah. this book that yeah. we will link. Yeah, and so, if you if you're out there and you're like I'm currently in blank country and they call it blank, also let us know because that is fascinating. Like, yeah, would love to know. Yeah. Like, I think the uh, one I always think about is always the, um, is it the Brits or the Australians? They call a, uh, a knife for a dog, a spade. Mm-hmm. And they call, oh. uh, oh, fuck, I forget what they call a dog. They call it something different. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're so twisted, man. Those British, <laughs> like, you know, they call sprinkles hundreds and thousands. They got, they're really? fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's confusing. <laughs> Yeah, like right. the numbers? Yeah, they call it hundreds and thousands, I think. Huh. I think yeah, it's it's very strange. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you've got any fun tidbits like that, also reach out to podcast at Creative Connors. Yeah, love to hear it. Yeah, especially like automation-specific ones, too, because that like blew my mind. I was like, wait, you don't call a knife? A, a dog knife, a dog? A dog a dog? Oh, God, what is it? I forget. Yeah, so if you know the thing Cody has forgotten. I have forgotten. Holla. Definitely write in and uh, let us know. Yeah. Anywho, I think I think that's it for us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all next time on Circuit and Gear. Bye. See ya. See ya.